Hello, my friends. Oil and gas in the news again today. Most of the world is just flummoxed by high oil and gas prices. Europe is terrified that Russia is going to punish them with a form of sanctions, cutting off natural gas deliveries. But Trudeau, perhaps alone in the world, thinks we need to increase gas prices more. I'll tell you his latest proposal. But first, let me invite you to become a supporter, a subscriber to the video version of this podcast. We call it Rebel News Plus. It's eight bucks a month. You get my daily show. You get four weekly shows we do here at Rebel News. And it's all for eight bucks a month. I really think we're pricing it too low, to be honest. That's half of what Netflix costs. You get 36 episodes amongst all these shows a month. And I actually think the number one reason to subscribe isn't just for the great content, but frankly, because we're fighting back. And we're one of the very few media in Canada that don't take government money. We don't take money from Trudeau, so we actually rely on you, which is why I'm really grateful when you help us. Please go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, eight bucks a month. Do it to keep us strong. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, while the world tries to lower gasoline prices, Trudeau wants to increase them. He says so. It's July 19th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Do you know the source of Justin Trudeau's personal wealth? Well, a lot of it for the past two decades has been grifting, taking freebies and bribes, whether it's inflated speaking fees from lobby groups or free $200,000 vacations in the Caribbean on the private island of the Aga Khan. But the source of his inherited money was actually his grandfather, who he never had a chance to meet. This is the man here, Charles-Emile Charlie Trudeau. It's a grainy photo of him. It's the best I could find. He actually sounds like a great guy. He died far too young. He sounds smart and energetic and entrepreneurial. He built up a chain of 30 gas stations in Quebec until he was bought out by a big company. That's hustle. That's a hard business to be in. And that's the love of fossil fuels, isn't it? And by the way, when he sold out the gas stations, he bought into mining. He loved capitalism. He loved natural resources. Well, he left that money to his son, Pierre Trudeau. And Pierre Trudeau left what was left, and it had grown, to Justin Trudeau and the other children. And over the course of the past, I think it's been 87 years since uh, Charlie passed away, that fortune has grown mightily, but it started in gas stations. In 2022, Justin Trudeau was rich because he's a corrupt politician. But before that, he was rich because his grandpa, who passed away in 1935, sold a lot of gas. Justin Trudeau still loves gasoline and jet fuel. He surely has the largest carbon footprint of any Canadian, but he claims to hate it. Just not for him, you see, because it's different when he does it. I think some of that hatred is about where the fossil fuels come from, though. In Canada, 
oil and gas come from Alberta mainly, and also the BC interior and Saskatchewan. There's some in the Atlantic. That's most of it. And he's always hated Albertans, though. Remember this? Regardez, le Canada fait dur maintenant parce que c'est des Albertains qui contrôlent notre, notre agenda communautaire et socio-démocratique. Ça marche pas. Est-ce que le Canada est mieux servi quand il y a plus de Québécois au pouvoir que quand il y a plus d'Albertains au pouvoir? Ben, je suis libéral, alors c'est sûr que je pense que oui. Certains, quand, certainement, quand on regarde euh, les grands premiers ministres du 20e siècle, les seuls qui ont vraiment tenu le coup, c'était des députés du Québec. C'était Trudeau, c'était Mulroney, c'était Chrétien, c'était Paul Martin. Alors, si on a un rôle, on a ce, ce pays, le Canada, est à nous. I mean, if Quebec were a major oil and gas producer, do you doubt that that industry would be treated as a holy and sacred one? I mean, let me point to the special treatment given to Quebec's dairy industry, if you have any questions, or the lengths that Trudeau and Gerald Butts went to protect the Montreal engineering firm SNC-Lavalin, even when they were guilty of bribery. But Trudeau hates oil and gas if it comes from Alberta. He hates Alberta more than he loves other things. Europe has been at the mercy of Russia for natural gas and oil, and yet Trudeau immediately rejected the request to export Canadian ethical natural gas and oil to Europe to supplant Russian conflict oil and gas. Trudeau wouldn't even consider it. He rejected it out of hand. I mean, you can really rely on Justin Trudeau for a great photo op. He'll never let you down there. That's his specialty. But you really can't count on him for anything when the going gets tough, can you? As Ukraine learned when Trudeau amended his own sanctions rules to exempt Russian oil and gas pipeline turbines being fixed by a company in Montreal. So Trudeau hates oil and gas, but not really Russian oil and gas, and not the oil and gas that he himself uses. It's quite something. It's, it's that Trudeau brazenness that his dad had that every April Fool's Day, every April 1st, that's the day that both of the Trudeau carbon tax goes up, And by coincidence, that's also the day that MP pay goes up, including Trudeau's pay. How has your pandemic been the last two years? Did you get a raise every year while doing less work than ever? Our MPs did. And by the way, don't think the conservative MPs didn't take the raise too. Imagine raising taxes on you and giving themselves a pay raise on the same day each year. Anyways, look at this. If you think gas prices are not high enough, good news for you, they're about to be raised again. There's a story in the CBC that was published by the Canadian Press. Ottawa proposes to cap oil gas emissions using industry-specific carbon pricing system. Canada aims to cut emissions across all sectors 40 to 45 percent from 2005 levels by 2030. That's the magic UN date. You hear it a lot. Now, that's nuts. The population of Canada is growing, as you know, in part due to massive immigration. So why would you actually reduce the amount of energy use in a country without taking into account population growth? And why that specific amount? You know, uh, it makes no sense. There, there is no science to it, and it won't make a difference. You could take every car off the road in Canada and China would make up for the difference in a few weeks. Give the New York Times credit. 
They are environmental activists, just like the CDC is. But at least they're honest enough to report in literally dozens of stories that China is building more coal-fired power plants, both for China itself and around the world, than every other country combined. But sure, you tackle those Canadian cars. That's the real problem in the world. Let me read a little bit. The federal government is proposing to use an industry-specific cap-and-trade system or a modified carbon pricing system to get a ceiling for emissions from the oil and gas sector and drive them down almost 40% by the end of the next decade. That's a very fancy way of saying taxes. Let me translate it into another language. Alberta voted conservatives, so now they must be punished. Uh, it's, a, it's an extremely long story. I'm not going to read much of it to you. I mean, uh, but I can tell you that the story never once questions the side effects, the consequences, the cost of lost jobs, of lost income, the obvious fact that the world will consume exactly how much oil it will consume, whether or not it buys it from Russia, OPEC, or Canada. But more to the point, it doesn't even ask such an obvious question. If we shut down Canadian oil, we're still going to drive and jet around. And, and we can see how it comes to Canada now. In those parts of Canada that don't produce oil, Ontario, Quebec, the Atlantic, the oil comes in by rail from the U.S. Remember the Lac Megantic fire? That was oil, an oil train from the United States coming into Canada because we didn't have a pipeline in Quebec. And it comes by sea from OPEC countries, including Saudi Arabia and other dictatorships. But here's the thing. That foreign oil will not be taxed under Stephen Gilboa's proposal. It will not have a carbon tax put on it. It will not be subject to cap and trade. It will not have a carbon analysis or, all the rage in the Liberal Party, a gender analysis. They do that. Or an eco-analysis or whatever they're putting Alberta through and every other Canadian industrial project. Remember that gender analysis? Do you think Saudi oil would pass a gender analysis? Who cares? It's not subject to it. Only Canadian oil is. And so my point remains, Trudeau doesn't actually hate oil. He just hates Canadian oil, Alberta oil, Saskatchewan oil. He's fine with Russian oil. He's fine with American oil fine with OPEC oil that will be imported to Canada to fill the void left when Trudeau finally breaks Alberta's back. But understand Gilboa's proposal. He's not going to tax oil all the same. He will explicitly and deliberately tax and punish Canadian oil more than he will tax and punish foreign oil. That's exactly what that means. I think this is shaping up not only into a national issue, but an international issue. The one thing Canada could do for the world. We don't have the world's biggest economy. We don't have the world's biggest military. Trudeau is laughed at in diplomatic circles. But the one thing we could do to help the world is to produce as much ethical oil as possible, as much as possible, knowing that every extra barrel we pump is a barrel less sold by the Venezuelas and Irans and Saudi Arabias and Russias of the world and $100 less in their pockets, and $100 more in ours. That is the one thing Trudeau will not do. Stay with us for more on this issue.
Well, Justin Trudeau has changed his look, but not his tune. He's got this new haircut. I'm not sure if it's an attempt at Caesar or if it's more um, dumb and dumber. He's got, a, he's got an unusual look. I, I'll stop making fun. A guy like me should not make fun of how anyone else looks, but it, it's sort of startling. But I'm less interested in how Trudeau looks and what shampoo he uses. That's a question that Tom Clark of Global News would ask. I'm more interested in what he says and what he does. And over the weekend, while deba- debuting his new hairstyle, he, um, he came up with some fancy math that I just couldn't make add up. Here, listen to it and watch for yourself. Today is the day. Uh, right across the country in Ontario, Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, climate action incentive payments have landed in people's bank accounts. It's part of our commitment to make sure that even as we step up and fight climate change, we're supporting families. Indeed, eight out of 10 families uh, will be better off uh, with the climate action incentive than the carbon price costs them in a given year. Uh, that's part of how we're moving forward to support people. Here in Ontario, I was just speaking with the Matten family who uh, got a check for $372.50. Uh, that's going to make a real difference as uh, prices go up, but as we continue to be there for people as we're fighting against climate change. And remember, uh, in rural and small communities, uh, there's a 10% top up on that. Uh, we're going to continue to be there for people as we build a better future and protect our planet. Well, there you have it. I don't know how it could be that everyone pays the carbon tax, but eight out of 10 people are further ahead. I'm not sure if that math uh, works out. Um, He used a phrase there that was terrifying. He said, as prices go up. So he's not saying prices should not go up. He's saying prices will go up. He's not come out against that. Remember, the whole idea behind the carbon tax is to make you make better choices in his phrase. Now, he'll never stop flying in a private jet or living a high-carbon lifestyle, but he wants prices to go up so it is hard for you to choose to fill up your car with gas. Although, in the same breath, he's saying, he's saying it will make no difference for 8 out of 10 Canadians. It's very confusing, but all you need to know is that Justin Trudeau is increasing carbon taxes and he doesn't care. And joining us now to talk about this is our friend from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, Frank Terrazano, who has a new essay on the subject called Carbon Tax and Rebates Cost Ontario Families Hundreds Every Year. Franco, great to see you again. Help me out here. Trudeau says you're going to get rich. You're going to get $372 out of this thing. Woo! But you say, no, actually, the average Canadian family's shortfall of hundreds of dollars how help me with the math here well it's really unfortunate uh trudeau is not exactly being honest with canadians ezra i know you're shocked we're hearing trudeau (laughs) claiming yeah we hear him claim that families are going to be better off but the parliamentary budget officer shows that the trudeau government is using magic math that's because the carbon tax will cost the average household anywhere from about 300 dollars all the way up to 670 dollars this year even with the rebates. So we just heard Trudeau talking about that Ontario household. Well, that average household in Ontario, the carbon tax is going to cost them $360 this year, even with the rebates. And Ezra, the parliamentary budget officer, that's the government's owned independent watchdog. Yeah. You know, the idea that you take money, you pay it to the government, they take the money, they pay it back to you. The idea that that happens 
without any friction or overhead in itself is a bit of a laugh. I mean, if you started out with 100 bucks and you gave it to the government and they gave it back, I don't know how much was taken by the government in handling and, uh, you know, all these very important people getting paid along the way. Look, the math is bizarre to begin with, but he's got mixed messages because he always says when he defends the carbon tax, it's to punish bad choices. He doesn't use the word punish. He says to price pollution, which is what he calls carbon. So he says it's to cause people to change their life, their lifestyle, their, their habits. So on the one hand, he needs oil and gas to be painful, to get people to correct their evil ways. But on the other hand, he's saying, oh, don't worry about it. Most of you won't feel a thing. I think he's got to pick a lane. Well, Ezra, let's not pretend that these high gas prices are an accident. These high gas prices are exactly what the Trudeau government wants. Uh, we've seen the government impose a carbon tax, continue to raise the carbon tax. Now we're hearing that the government is going to bring in a second carbon tax through fuel regulations. And the government knows exactly what that second carbon tax will do. According to its own numbers, the second carbon tax uh, could add another 13 cents per liter to the price of gas. And you know what? The government's analysis shows exactly who is going to be worse off from the second carbon tax. It's low and middle income Canadians. Uh, it's single mothers. It's people who are already struggling with energy poverty. And it's seniors who are living on fixed income. And then Ezra, I mean, we have seen the Trudeau government just hammer oil and gas, restricting supply. They've rejected Northern Gateway. They removed the regulatory goalposts on Energy East. They put in a no more pipelines. They put in a discriminatory tanker ban. So we can't actually sit here and pretend that these high gas prices aren't exactly what the Trudeau liberals are pushing for. Yeah, you're so right about it being regressive. I mean, if you have two people on the road, both commuting to work, one of them is working class, has a old beater of a car, maybe it's worth $15,000. And then there's some, someone in a fancier car, let's call it 80 grand. They both fill up their car with gas. Um, you know, I filled up my car the other day. It's over 100 bucks to fill it. That stings. But if you're a working class person, let's say on minimum wage, it's going to sting you a lot harder. We both have the same size gas tank. But it really is a regressive tax. I, um, and he, you're right. He, there are other jurisdictions that have reduced their gasoline taxes. Trudeau adamantly won't. He wants this. As he said in that little video, as prices go up. And he didn't say that in a bad way. He is excited about this because it's forcing people in in his mind to, oh, just buy a Tesla. Oh, just that, just mm. 100 grand. Oh, just, um, just take public transit, which is not available to most Canadians, first of all, because, I mean, it's there in some big cities, but not in, not in rural parts. Like, what's a, what's a family supposed to do? What's, what's someone in, what's a farmer or a trucker supposed to do? I, I really don't think Justin Trudeau thinks carefully about how his policies apply to the ordinary person, or maybe it's the opposite, Franco. Maybe he absolutely does think about it and he doesn't care. Well, he's making $380,000 a year. He has given himself three pay raises during the pandemic, right? So of course he's out of touch with the actual struggles 
facing everyday Canadians. And here's why the carbon tax is so punishing. We've already talked about it, but if you're already struggling to put ground beef in your grocery cart, if you can already barely afford to put fuel in your car on the way to work, then the higher gas taxes are absolutely punishing, especially when we're dealing with four decades high inflation. And and come on, it's not like this government doesn't know that it could immediately provide relief by cutting its big tax bill at the pumps. I mean, as to your point, we're seeing this all over the place. You just saw United Kingdom announce gas tax relief. South Korea uh, cut its gas taxes. Germany, Netherlands, Italy, Ireland, India cutting gas taxes. Alberta, Newfoundland and Labrador, Ontario cutting gas taxes. Uh, Florida, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut all announcing gas tax relief. So you have these other countries who are doing the right thing, cutting taxes, all while Ottawa continues to stick us with higher tax bills. Wow, that's a great list of jurisdictions. I I knew about some of those, but not all of them. You know, uh, traditionally, European countries have high gas prices because they have a lot of taxes. Also, uh, most of them have to import gas from uh, gasoline or or oil from outside their own borders. Um, But most European countries are smaller, by the way, um, than Canada, the second largest country in the world. But... um, So I think historically people could say, well, look, European gasoline prices are higher, but our chief competitor is the United States. And I know gas prices are high there too, but they're not as high as they are up here. And they don't have the same carbon taxes they have up here. And as you pointed out, some states are reducing their gas taxes. I'm worried that both Canada and the United States are doing poorly because of inflation and high prices. But as Trudeau really tries to make Canada, you know, use that World Economic Forum phrase, build back better, by which he means, you know, an environmentalist agenda. When we know that the U.S., Joe Biden, has failed, he couldn't get his own party on side. So I'm worried you're going to see a divergence, Franco. I'm worried that things are going to get worse faster in Canada, and they're not going to get as bad in America, and you're going to see the difference. And, And let's say, you know, Norway or Holland has high gas prices. Okay, that's an interesting comparison. But if the United States of America becomes more and more advantageous to do business than Canada, I'm worried you're going to see what you saw before, which is companies moving out for lower energy prices. I'm worried that it's one thing to talk about like far away places with high gas prices, but if we start to pull away from our American competitors, I think that's that's going to really accelerate the recession up here. I don't know. Maybe that I'm stating the obvious, but I'm worried about it, Franco. And and Ezra, get this: even President Joe Biden is pushing for gas tax relief. Even Biden is pushing Congress and state governments huh. to cut gas taxes. Even Biden. So here's another thing that we have to understand: because you're talking about things getting worse. Well, under the Trudeau government's plan, things will get worse. The big Mm -hmm. tax bill is only going up. Trudeau wants to keep raising his carbon tax to nearly 40 cents per liter of gas. And Ezra, we started our conversation talking about the PBO's numbers that show that this year, the carbon tax will cost the average household hundreds of dollars more than the rebates. Well, if you look from now through to 2030, Well, the average household will end up paying uh, anywhere from about $6,400 all the way to $13,000 more in carbon taxes than what they get back in rebates. So this big tax bill is only getting worse under the Trudeau government's cranking up of its carbon tax. Hmm. Well, Franco, this is uh, dark news, but uh, we have to hear it. And boy, you've got your finger on the pulse of all these jurisdictions. It is true. The whole world is... 
rebelling against high gas prices. Uh, Europe, uh, it's the high gas prices and high oil prices and natural gas. That's a form of hostage taking by Russia, which is using that as an economic weapon. Uh, The crazy thing is our own prime minister is using it as a weapon against us himself domestically. I don't know. We'll continue to follow the story. I think it's going to get worse. And I hope you guys keep up the fight. You guys are one of the only independent critics out there because the Canadian Taxpayers Federation does not take money from the government. So you're free to criticize them. And you're one of the few good guys left, Franco. Keep up the fight. Well, thanks so much for having me on tonight. Well, it's our pleasure. There you have it, Franco Terrazano from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your feedback. Dark Throne says... This is silly catering to this type of delusional behavior. This man needs to be in a male prison, and we need to bring reality to the forefront. You're talking about transgender prisoners being put in whatever prison they choose as long as they identify as women. And, and I just want to tell you that what I mean by that. To express themselves as women is the term for if they dress like a woman and maybe get things cut off. But just to identify as women, it's like that a picture I showed from the Toronto police where the guy's got a full beard. He's not even pretending. He's just saying, I identify as a woman. It's like these people who say, I identify as a cat or identify as like, a, you know, another critter. It's just, a, it's, it's a pretend. But they actually have that right here in Canada. It's not surprising to me that we read the story about it in New Jersey, but not in Canada because our press and the government are in collusion on it. Ian Edgehill says, hey, Ezra, love Rebel News and being a supporter. Very glad to see that you've lost the beard. You look much better without it. Thanks for the great reporting and being the conscience of the nation. Keep up the good work. Thanks very much. My wife says she's disappointed that I shaved my beard, but my mom is glad. William Ackroyd says, welcome back, Ezra. Great to see the youthful, clean-shaven face we know and love. All the best. Well, that's the thing. I think I loved old. And it's not even old, because I don't mind looking old. Makes me, maybe people will mistake old for wise. But um, it just wasn't growing in. Like, I mean, I stuck with that for like two months, and it wasn't getting any better. I think it just looked a little disheveled and, and um, you know, unkempt. Even though I really tried hard to make it look good, it just didn't. So thank you for the encouragement. I am going to continue to shave. It's the only time in my life I've tried to grow a beard since I was like a late teenager. It didn't work then either. And I think I'm done forever. Anyways, hey, everybody, thanks for watching the show. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom. Alexa, one of our fantastic reporters out of Quebec, is currently doing a story to find out what the public thought about eating insects in place of the consumption of meat and other animal byproducts. This is being promoted, of course, very heavily by organizations like the World Economic Forum and a few of our elite politicians that see themselves as above the rest of us. Alexa does a fantastic job detailing the World Economic Forum's plans when it comes to our diet in the near future. Now, I encourage you to check out Alexa's report and go to ExposeTheReset.com to find out more. For the meantime, we spoke to some of these individuals here at the Stampede, the world's largest outdoor event. We've got ourselves some cricket hot dogs as well as some worm hot dogs. Let's hear what these Calgary Stampede goers had to say about changing their diet from meat to insects. 
actually I'm a vegetarian so oh, yeah. I would you know not try that nah no I'm, I'm not a fan no. You don't like bugs? I hate bugs. No, thank you. <laughs> Would you like some? No, I'm good. Uh, uh, I don't know. Not too appealing to me. No. Not appealing? No. Do you think you would? No. No? Why not? The warm hot dog, the cricket hot dog. How do you feel about that? Uh, disgusting. You, you wouldn't actually, want some? No, I actually wouldn't. <laughs> That, man. No, you, but you should eat I'm bugs. It's, it's, better for, it's better for the environment. I'm not drunk enough, bro. There's a lot more crunch than a normal hot dog. But it, it, it's kind of like um, puppy dogs with chips. So it's not bad. In a good way? Yeah. All right, well, what do you think if I told you no more meat, you weren't allowed to have fish, chicken, meat, cows, pigs, only crickets, worms, perhaps ants. How would you feel about that? I would. I'd, I'll turn to meat like it's necessary at times, so I'm not opposed to it. This whole push for people to eat more bugs instead of meat. How do you I feel? I love my meat. I love cows, but I love eating them too. What's your favorite, what's your favorite piece of cow? Uh, I like a filet mignon or a T-bone steak. It's okay for it. Others will okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I agree with that. Oh, well, it's not bad though, because, uh, you know, in Vietnam, we have some similar dishes too, like from insects. Yep. Um, it's not appealing to me either, but if it's a good source for nutrients, then maybe in the future we can consider. Now, what if they said for the protein that we're allowed to consume, we're not allowed to eat meat, we're only allowed to eat bugs? How would that make you feel? I feel Angry. like my choice <laughs> just get restricted. But only alternative. I think I could do it. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Well, I, I know everything about the nature, so I'm I'm good. So. Would you like some? Yeah, I'll take a bite of that. that bite, bro. I'll show you how it's done, man. My type of homie. Right there. That guy was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? My type of homie. We got uh, there's insect hot dogs at the time here. Insect hot dogs. Insect. You know what I think? That shit's nasty, bro. <laughs> Well, you get, it's better for the environment, though. Nutrients, yo, yo, nutrients. Yo, yo. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know. Yo, this high in protein. Yeah, free. You want a bite? I mean, might as well, right? I'm gonna yeah, add some extra cubes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, gotta get some extra toppings mm. there. Yo, boys, watch this. You gotta I'll have a bite as well. It's better for the environment. Uh, no you know. payment. No payment. No. Not even like five tickets. <laughs> oh, they got them inside the burger too. Is that right? There you go. How is it? It's good. You try it. <laughs> no, good. Mm. But apparently it's really tasty. Are you gonna have some more of those? I mean, if you want to take those, yeah. Sure. Why don't you try it? Alright, we're going around seeing if people would eat it. How do you guys feel about that though? This? Yeah, yeah. This what, good. What, what, what's your channel name? Rebel News. Rebel News. Yep. 1.5 million subscribers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shit. We're up here in YYC just bullying, man. I'm over here. This guy's junk as I ain't good go, enough go. for that. The bugs are good though, eh? Yeah, they are. Yeah? I'm all about that nutrient. <laughs> That's what, what, what would you say though if I said you weren't allowed to have meat at all anymore? You were only allowed to have bugs. You'd be okay with that? This? Yeah, this is this is protein. Yeah, but no this more fish, no more fish, no this more chicken. I'm gonna eat all of this it. Is... I eat all mine. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Holy it's protein, cuz it's protein. How do you feel about that? You think that's a good source of protein? Spicy. Spicy? It's good. Welcome, <laughs> 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 YYC. We cooling. Yo, shout out to this guy. Shout out to this guy. Yo, Yo add me up on Instagram. No! <laughs> what are you talking about? It's environmentally friendly. Yeah, it's not real. I don't want that in my mouth. It's not real. 
Yes, you guys sir. Where's it from? That? It's cricket hot I'll dogs. Take a bite. Yeah, Alex. Oh, it's, it's environmentally oh, friendly. Like, where did you get it from? Well, like, I'm not trying to do that right now. But it's for the environment, right? Can't they just bring just normal food? We're gonna eat them right now. We're like, right now? It's acceptable to wear hot dogs How do you like that? Pretty good. Pretty good, eh? Would you Would you go feels, for it? It again? feels like I'm like eating the quickest legs. You know it's better for the environment. Uh, you think so? <laughs> I don't know about that. It's environmentally friendly. Yeah, well. So, so what it doesn't matter. I say no to bugs. No to the bugs. No right? bugs. Actually, it's not even the bugs. It's the fact that it's not halal. Oh, all right, fair enough. Chicken nuggets. So, what kind of condiments are we using here? Uh, with this. Some, some ketchup. Or with yeah. this. No, this. You gotta eat natural. Natural, natural. Natural, all eh? natural is the protein, all natural is the protein. Those ones are cooked, aren't they? You want the fresh stuff though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes yeah. sir, yes sir. Fresh cooked is always the way. Uh, Can I try that? You want to try? You got it. It's for the ground, bro. Yo, it's for the greater she, good. She don't know, she don't Go know. Go for it, uh, go for it. Watch my girl do it right now. It's high in protein. It's going to save the world. Hurry up! Uh, oh you expect a hot dog with that uh, smooth taste? This nigga got the crunch? This protein. This protein. 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 Uh, wait. My this is good is, stuff. This is gonna eat it all. Uh, I will. I will too. I will too. I will the food out of it, man. This good. This good. Oh, this is crazy. Yo, I gotta be honest. That's good. That's good. First, if I could just ask, uh, we've got the the worm hot dog here. What inspired that? Um, I was just looking for some crazy idea for the stampede. The stampede is known for uh, providing different foods and whatnot. And uh, I just thought I'd uh, do something crazy. So came well, up with the mealworm hot dog. Well, speaking of something crazy, um, the places like the World Economic Forum are promoting the, uh, the further consumption of insects. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel about that plan? Well, me, myself, I'm a meat eater, so I'm just, I mean, I don't mind eating the worms. I mean, they're healthy for you. They got a lot of protein and whatnot, but I definitely wouldn't replace uh, worms with meat myself. Well, there you have it. We talked to some of the people here at the Stampede to find out how willing they were to have some of these cricket and worm hot dogs. I get the sense that some in the World Economic Forum would be pretty happy about some of the consumption we saw in this video. But go to exposethereset.com to find out more about this whole elitist globalist push towards us eating insects instead of meat. For myself, I gotta be honest, I like to find some real food to get my hands on. Maybe something that's, you know, environmentally sure, whatever. As long as it tastes good, I think is the main point. For Rebel News, I'm Sydney Fizard.